You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, we are looking at players who may be drop candidates in fantasy basketball leagues. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. To it. Let's get to it indeed. I am not telling you you have to drop these players. I'm not even suggesting that you go and drop these players. These are just guys, unless it's Kyle Kuzma, that I am suggesting can be guys that can be considered to be dropped, depending on what your situation is in your league, depending on who you're adding in your league, depending on so many different factors. But these are guys where I look at them and go, you know what? Maybe they aren't 100% must roster guys who are still rostered in a lot of leagues, so they've got to be guys we've got to have honest conversations about, about where their season goes from here. So let's get talking uh, talking about them. And I did uh, tease this one. Well, I didn't tease it. I literally told you about it on yesterday's show. And the number one guy on my list here, not in order, not in order, the number one guy I've got on my list is Blake Griffin of the Detroit Pistons because Griffin has been trash. The 238th ranked player over the course of this season. He's going to be sitting out likely today with knee soreness again. He's missed plenty of games with knee and hamstring issues. You'd have to imagine that's going to continue. The shot won't go in. He's already a guy that never gets defensive stats. That's dropped off. The rebounding's fallen off. The assist numbers have fallen off. He can't hit threes anymore. Again, these numbers he's averaging for the season in 29 minutes. So it is while it is a little bit below the 35 he played last season, which was way too much, he's averaging just 15 points under five rebounds, under three and a half assists, half a steal, half a block, actually under half of both of those, shooting 35% from the field. Now, I expect the 35% from the field to improve a little bit because he's hitting 24% of threes, that'll go up, and 44% of twos, that'll go up. But will it go up that much? With his whole lower body seemingly rooted, like is he going to be able to get enough lift in his shots to hit, make them hit? And, and I'm not even sure that he can be like a 40... I don't think he can even be a 45% shooter for the rest of this season. I don't think he can finish from here on out as a top 100 player. The rebounds are down. The assists are down. The defensive stats were never there. He's not hitting threes. I think he can be better than what he is. But I think if you're in a 10-team league, I think he's a guy that you absolutely have to consider as a drop. And I think we're at that stage in a 12-team. If he's going to be sitting games like he is, uh, he sat two games on the 20th and 21st of December. He's played three, and he's doubtful again today. Yeah, minutes limited, shots won't go in, lack of peripherals. We love what Blake's done over the course of his career, and he was fantastic last season as the 38th best player and has had uh, we six, seven consecutive top 50 seasons. I think more than that, actually. Yeah, really, really strong numbers, but... I think at where we are with his career, age almost 31, turning 31, uh, I think it's over for him in terms of being a consistent fantasy guy, at least for this season. I've got Tim Hardaway on this list as a guy who's a droppable candidate. We don't know if he's going to miss any time with his hamstring injury. 
Um, but if, even if he misses one game, I think that's an auto drop. He's, he's not a guy who is a must-roster guy under the best of circumstances. He is rostered in 67% of competitive leagues using our advanced metric, 45% of leagues on Yahoo. A lot of people holding on because they like the name. They like what he's done at times in the past. But realistically, he's the 180th best player this season. He's going to be streaky. He's going to be up and down. He's fine if you're looking for a points boost or a three-pointers boost. He's going to give you very little in other areas, and he can be a real deficit in your your field goal percentage is situation. So if he misses any time here, that's an that is. I said at the start, these aren't guys you automatically drop. I think Hardaway is an auto drop if he has to miss any time with a hammy. His upside is just not that good. He's not producing at a good enough level for you to hold on to through thick and thin, let alone any sort of injury. The next guy I look at here is Paul Millsap. He's been on this list a couple of times. He's out at the moment. We've got guys like Michael Porter and Jeremy Grant playing well. That's not to say that Millsap won't come in and start because I think he will go back to starting. And he is the 98th ranked player over the course of the season. But that's going to drop off. As Jeremy Grant's improved and Millsap's become banged up, we've seen Millsap's minutes coming down. You know, he's, he's more of a borderline guy than these other two players, like, like Hardaway and Griffin to me. I think he can still have some use as a 12-team league player, but more as a streaming guy. And there are a few people who ask me, what does stream mean? And, and welcome, if because you, you're obviously new to fantasy basketball, new to this channel. Stream means you just grab the guy, you use him for one or two games, and you move off him when he doesn't play and you get someone else in. So maximizing games played out of that spot. It's not someone you grab and hold on to under every circumstance. You just add them for a couple of games when they're hot, when injuries strike, when their schedule makes it make sense for them, and then you piss them off. That's what streaming means. And I think that's where Millsap falls into that sort of a territory. Despite a pretty strong start to the season, we are seeing a consistent decline in his production because of the play of other guys and because of his own injury concerns. I think this is the first time that Rowan Barrett Jr. has appeared on this list. Now, Barrett is going to start for the rest of the season. I don't think we should have be you know, have too many concerns about that, but he's the 267th ranked player this season. He's up and down in terms of production and minutes. He lacks um, volume in terms of his three-point shooting. His percentages are atrocious. His defensive stats aren't great. Uh, assists and rebounds are okay, but they're not fantastic. He's not a high-volume scorer. There are just a lot of negatives with his game. Now, in a points league, he's a significantly better player than in a categories league, and in that sort of situation you might want to hold, but the negative effect he has on your percentages means that most likely he does more harm than good, and the inconsistency in those other areas mean that holding him, especially in a 10-team or anything shallower, it's impossible to do. Maybe he gets better, but the thing when we look at this and we go, these are the problems that he had in college. They have translated to the NBA, so why do we think that things are going to necessarily get better in a hurry? I, these are the worries I had with him heading into the season, coming out of college, why I was like, I'm not sure he's going to be a standard league guy this year, and it's actually been worse than I expected, so maybe there can be some improvement, but I don't think, again, that he's going to come out and just drop a top 40, you know, three-month run to end this season. And as Cantor, I've got on this list because he is rostered in far too many leagues. Now, at the moment, he does have that stream value because Vincent Poirier and Rob Williams are out, so Cantor and Daniel Tice are getting the minutes. But Cantor's rostered in 75% of competitive leagues. It just seems too much. He's the 176th ranked player this season in 17 minutes, and that is undoubtedly fantastic. Like that, that's fantastic. But you look at a guy like, say, DeAnthony Melton, who is rostered in uh, 26% of competitive leagues, plays 17 minutes a night, and is ranked better than Cantor this season. So there's a real discrepancy. It's a, it's a real name brand type scenario for Cantor, where people are rostering him uh, based on what he has done in the past. Whereas that opportunity, it's really, unless Tice goes down, it's never going to get better for Cantor at the moment in terms of playing time. He can help you in points and rebounds, you know, in low amounts. 
He can help you with percentages, but we know the deficiencies in other areas. And if he's not playing 25 to 26 minutes a night, then he's not sniffing 12-team league value. And I do think that he is rostered in far too many leagues. So he is a guy that if he is sitting around on your roster, you could probably get rid of him. Same goes with Tyler Hero, who again, um, I think is... Victim is not the right word, but is definitely buoyed by name recognition, by white boy swag, whatever you want to call it. And I feel dirty just saying the word swag. But he is rostered in 84% of competitive leagues. This is a bloke that, despite the injuries in Miami, is still just the 140th ranked player over the course of the season. And I think that is going to get worse when Winslow eventually returns. We've seen it already with Goran Dragic back. Uh, there just isn't that. He's just not diverse enough in his game uh, to uh, to justify holding. And things are likely going to get worse before they get better unless other injuries strike. Fine, in a 14-team league, you can hold him. Even then, I'm not sure it's a, it's a must. In a 16-team and no worries, you can stream him if you're looking for maybe a boost in points or threes, but even then, he's inconsistent. To me, he is rostered in far too many leagues, 62 Yahoo, 84 competitive league roster percentage. The next guy we look at is his teammate, of course, Kendrick Nunn. He is a hold over hero to me, but we've seen it over the last couple of games that his numbers have dropped off. At the beginning of the season, he was putting up top 60 numbers, and I couldn't have stressed enough to you on this podcast that I said he was a sell high and he would drop out of standard league consideration at some point. Well, now his overall uh, fantasy rank for the season is outside the top 100, and that's without Winslow returning, who is going to take some of those point guard minutes. Nunn has been significantly impacted by the return of Dragic. Some of that hot shooting at the beginning of the season has fallen off. Uh, some of his steal numbers and assist numbers from the beginning of the season have fallen off. And while he's fine as a rookie, and it's great to have a starting player as a rookie contributing on a really good team, that's fantastic for none. A lot of the stuff that made him a great fantasy option at the beginning of the season has predictably started to fall off. And again, I'm not dropping him over a hero. If I've got like a hero on my team or a Cantor or Millsap or Hardaway, I would drop all those guys before none, but he is absolutely trending in this direction. And if there's someone out there, you go, I've absolutely got to have this bloke. The situation's great for him and none's your worst player. Then I don't think you should have too many qualms about getting rid of him off your roster. Same goes for JJ Redick, who had a really hot start to this season. Um, and with all the injuries in New Orleans, found himself in a larger role. Josh Hart was out, Lonzo Ball was out at times, Brandon Ingram missed some time, and Redick was putting up big numbers. He's the 122nd ranked player over the course of the season. I don't think he's going to be a top 150 guy from here on out. We've already seen his minutes start to drop down as Etwan Moore's taking that playing time. Hart's back, Lonzo's playing more, and eventually Zion's going to come back, which means more Ingram at the three, which pushes more uh, or fewer minutes to Redick. He could get traded to another team as well, which might see him in, in a similar to smaller role. At this point, he's just a three-point streamer. That's really all he's providing. He gives some good free throw numbers, and that's it. But he is not a must-roster guy, and the trend is definitely in the negatives for him at the moment. Unless there's injuries again and he has to push back to 30 minutes, he is not going to be a regular 30-plus minute-a-night guy for the Pelicans. And the last guy is Miles Bridges of the Charlotte Hornets. I had... Uh, confidence in Bridges that he could take a leap forward this season, that given the opportunities in Charlotte as a starting guy to play 30-plus minutes to take shots, that he would step up. Now, he was a guy, if you go back, which why would you, but if you go back and listen to the podcast at the end of last season when he was elevated at the starter, as a starter, I wasn't all that keen on him. I thought, well, what is this guy doing that's all that exciting? Uh, but he, what he did provide was good percentages. He got blocks and steals and hit threes. Unfortunately, this stuff hasn't translated. He hasn't ramped up his usage enough. The percentages have been pretty poor. 
the defensive stats have been wonky. He's missed free throws at times this season, despite the minutes. And we're seeing at the moment the minutes start to drop off for Bridges. Uh, he has is the 144th ranked player this season. Maybe he turns around, but piss him off. Like he just he just isn't that good. I thought that he was in prime position to be a player, a Tony Roten if you will, a player who takes advantage of being on a bad team despite not being a good player and puts up numbers. Unfortunately, Bridges hasn't even able to be hasn't even able to be doing that for this Hornets team. Not to say he can't become good at this point, but he isn't good and he's not taking advantage of even putting up uh, junk stats on a bad team. So he can go, and that'll do it for me today, guys. I'll be back later on to recap all of Monday's action and then preview the New Year's Eve slate. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.